Hey, it's Avilas Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. A little after 11 o'clock on a Monday. Everybody's got to pay full price for their coffee today, even though I don't think that's a thing anymore. Mike Duso joins us from Pat's Propaganda and patspropaganda.com. And I think a lot of folks kind of expected this, Mike. What, what, what were your thoughts going into this game, and, and how did those uh, reflect what actually happened? Uh, well, I didn't expect quite such a flat performance across the board. I mean, there was just such a lack of plays being made, uh, you know, with some notable exceptions of, of a couple forced fumbles and, and, I mean, I guess the interception, even though that was a little bit of a present. But, uh, you know, I thought, really, Jacksonville played a perfect game, and, and, you know, we've seen this happen. Eagles in the Super Bowl, Jets in 2010. When teams play perfect games against the Patriots, uh, it's hard for them to overcome it. I thought all of the Patriots' flaws were kind of exposed, and it's just hard kind of understanding what the real problems are and what you can just chalk up to this being that kind of annual September clunker that the Patriots usually have. Did you find any highlights out of yesterday's game? Any any things that we can look at and be like, I... I kind of—I'll tell you now. I really liked uh, the only thing I—one I, of the big things that I really liked yesterday was the the usage of of Michelle. I think he's going to be—I I think he he could be something, and I think if he's utilized properly, he might be able to change that offense up a little bit. And honestly, I, I think this offensive line maybe need it maybe needs a, a week or two of of run blocking to get themselves into shape. Yeah, sure. I mean, and, and obviously the factor of the heat has to be considered as well, and, and Jacksonville's got a really talented defense, but, you know, they're going to give everybody problems down there. So um, it's hard finding a highlight, really. I was I was trying to, like, pull a, a play to put in my article when I posted this morning, and I'm like, there's just nothing. I got nothing. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I would have liked to see a little more out of Michelle, but, I mean, they're going to need him. I mean, it was just it was everything that I kind of thought could go wrong, did go wrong in terms of they couldn't get going with Burkhead or Michelle, really. They got stuck in a lot of third and longs. They couldn't convert those. Uh, and, you know, they looked every bit the team that you would fear they would look like without Amendola, Edelman, Deion Lewis. They're just None of those guys were making any kind of consistent plays, plays down the field. It's just, it was completely, you know, and, and it's still the Patriots. They fought till the end. They fought hard. They still, you know, had a chance to claw their way back into it. So that, that's probably the silver lining. I'm trying to take is that you know they still have that same kind of fight that we're used to. Talking with Mike Duso from Pat's Propaganda and patspropaganda.com. There was a lot of chatter that not a lot of open receivers running across the field, uh, wide open for Bortles to look like an All-American. Oh, I know. Well, that I mean, the defensive performance was just so disappointing, uh, considering what happened last week, where they just looked so in sync. Everybody was on the same page, and and I mean, I guess what's a little surprising is. I mean, I know Blake Bortles is, is uh, you know, a good runner, but really he's, he's, you know, I think what they got killed in was kind of the traditional passing game and that underneath passing game that has carved them up with, you know, just exposes their lack of athleticism at linebacker, which we've, you know, talked about plenty going back to last year. I mean, that is the big flaw of the of the Patriots' defense. And, and you know, even with Juwan Bentley kind of coming on, I mean, he's, he's leveled off a little bit, but he hasn't been able to make the difference that they need. Uh, you're getting still brain farts from the secondary, which is, is, is tough when you consider those are a veteran crew that are getting paid a ton of money. Um, you know, so again, I think it just goes back to, you know, they are, they're a better defense than they showed there. They definitely left some plays on the field. Um, and they're just, they're going to have to play better. And it's, it's only going to get harder based on the injuries that they came out of the game with. The, uh, the injuries yesterday I thought were key. Um, and I especially didn't think it helped anything in the secondary to have Patrick Chung not out of there. 
Uh, for anybody that's ever complained about Patrick Chung, I think yesterday is kind of what you see when Patrick Chung's not in that lineup. Uh, it's been such a fear of mine. I mean, we've been so lucky in his second go-around how healthy he's been able to stay. And, I mean, he just gives them – I mean, he opens up that whole free safety package, and, and he's basically a linebacker, you know, covers tight ends, and he does so much for that defense. When he was out, they were extremely limited in what, in what they could do. And, and, I mean, the trickle-down effect was terrible. And, you know, you talk about Trey Flowers. I mean, you know, has a forced fumble – uh, you know, coming off a, a couple great plays, and you know, and then he goes down, and, and I mean, there just was no more disruption, no more pass rush from anybody. Uh, it was just, it was really disappointing to watch, and you know, especially going into this game, I was so excited to see the defense take another step based on how they started the season, but unfortunately, it looked a lot like the defense that we got all too used Ooh. to last year. Talking with Mike Duso from Pat's Propaganda online at patspropaganda.com. Uh, offensively, you know, I, I. Was yesterday a case of the Jags, and I haven't had a chance to go back and watch a replay yet, but from what I saw, I mean, on the on the first play where uh, they got the ball, the first time they got the ball to Gronkowski, or tried to get the ball to Gronkowski, he was wide open, then they kind of they kind of went away from that play, never really went back to it. Was yesterday, uh, 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 in Gronk's performance yesterday, sort of a, um, was it more of a the way the Jags covered him, or was it as though the Patriots almost like, I don't want to say they forgot about him, but were like not looking his way because they just assumed that they were going to be. I wasn't sure if the Patriots' game plan was really based around Gronkowski at all because I didn't. I, if they were double teaming and keep him out of it, that's fine. But I felt like there were multiple ways to get him the ball yesterday, and they really weren't trying to be creative at all in, in getting him the ball. Yeah, I mean, it just it just goes to show you when there's when nobody's doing much on the outside or deep, how much harder it gets for Gronkowski. I mean, you just. I mean, I think I heard Brady on the radio. Brady on the radio this morning saying that you know they basically doubled Gronk every third down that, that the Patriots faced. Um, you know, it's 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 a great job by by the Jaguars. You know, and, and I think Brady pointed out as well. You know, when when Gronk gets double teams, there should be opportunities for other guys. And unfortunately, you just didn't have guys like Hogan and Dorsett taking advantage of those, taking some of the heat off of Gronk. Um, but I think you know what we're kind of seeing is that without one of those quick, shifty slot guys who can get open quick. Uh, Gronk is a whole lot less effective when he has to kind of do it all by himself. So they're going to have to get some production from those other wide receivers. I'd love to see more of Jacob, Jacob Hollister, who you know got eased into things but did have a nice catch there. Um, they're going to have to find a way because there's really not much of a bench in terms of the wide receivers or the running backs, and everybody's kind of banged up right now. Uh, so they're going to have to find a way to move the ball and make plays uh, across the board. Talking with Mike Duso from Pat's Propaganda and patspropaganda.com, talking about some of the things that we saw yesterday from the 30, uh, 31-20 loss to the any other, Jaguars. Any other surprises in the league that jumped out at you? Well, I mean, it's exciting to see what Kansas City's doing. I mean, I think they always <laughs> uh, they always seem to start off like gangbusters and then fade. I mean, maybe that's going to be a little different uh, with Mahomes there. But, you know, to see the kind of aerial passing attack they're putting up, it's... Uh, it's certainly something to behold when you're, you're watching the Patriots struggle to, you know, make plays that are more than, than four or five yards. But, uh, you know, I always think early few weeks of the season, it, it teams are kind of finding themselves. They're having flat games. They're having games where it all clicks. And, you know, the, the, the truth for everybody is probably somewhere in the middle. I mean, I don't think you can crown anybody uh, regular season champs just yet. Uh, you know, and the Patriots are right in that boat with all, with all the other teams, you know, that, you know, like the Jets, everybody's flying high on them. And, you know, Miami beats them last week. So it's going to be ups and downs for everybody here in the first month. And, and you just kind of have to weather the storm. I think, you know, it's, it's 
people get so carried away with you know a bad performance and, and football is such a game when you know when when you have 11 guys on the unit that all do their job as, as much as it's become a cliche uh, things can look a lot better and, and you know I, I thought that was the case in you know in 2014 when you had that KC loss that everybody overreacted to and it was just, you know it was just a sloppy game the guys weren't tackling and I mean I definitely think the Patriots have issues that need to be figured out. But at the same time, I'm not going to really judge them off of this game until we get a bigger sample size and we kind of find that middle of the road, what they actually are good at, what they aren't good at. Eric Rowe uh, got pulled out of yesterday's game. Many people probably asking why he wasn't pulled out of the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and, I mean, Jason McCourty led the team in tackles, which, I mean, that might tell you how the game went. I mean, and, you know, I, I, I really, unlike the offensive side of the ball, you, you actually have some depth. You know, you have... These other young cornerbacks, Keon Cross and J.C. Jackson, uh, you know, and if Rowe can't do the job, uh, I'd love to see one of those young guys uh, get a look. And, you know, they have some options there to consider. Uh, so those guys might, you know, I know Cross is battling an injury, but one of those guys could step up. I mean, they're going to need better play. I mean, Stephon Gilmore, you know, it, it seems like he's great for, he has three great plays every game, but he also has two bad plays. So he always ends up, like, on the positive end of it. But there's always those plays that you kind of scratch your head to get the touchdown, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, look, there's just there's no positive to kind of glam onto right now. It's just everybody has to play better, and 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 I think they will. I mean, they're the best coach team in the league, and and I think we all know by now that 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 isn't the bottom of the barrel, and you know that isn't what we're going to get all season long. Um, but you know, it's 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 hard identifying exactly what the concerns are that that really need to be addressed, perhaps with you know some kind of personnel acquisition. We're talking with Mike Dusso from Pat's Propaganda. You know, of course, all all today is you know the Patriots don't have any receivers, so that's obviously the reason that they lost. You know, that's that's obviously the reason because everybody is a great scout and knows exactly what's happening. Um, the rumors of Kenny Britt has been working out with Julian Edelman. Might he might be coming in? He's actually getting worked out today, allegedly. Also, Jordan Matthews can be re-signed after Week Three. You think there's going to be some reunions with those guys? And it, it, like, we can just stop this Josh Gordon Des Bryant thing, right? There's, there's none of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just there's so many red flags with those guys. And I mean, Britt and Matthews. I mean, I had really high hopes for both of them. Um, it, it makes a ton of sense if they're healthy to bring them back. Um, I don't know. You know, I think them being cut might have been more related to just the roster in general. Um, and, and, you know, not being able to carry all those guys through, through cut downs. But, uh, you know, I would welcome it. I mean, they could certainly use what those, the skill set those guys have, um, whether they can actually step back onto the field and execute at an NFL level. Uh, that remains to be seen. But, I mean, it wasn't getting done yesterday with Hogan and Dorsett and Patterson. You just, you'd love to have another guy or two to, to at least throw out there and change things up a little bit and, you know, give you some options. And, and they just, with three wide receivers, they, they don't have any other options. The other thing that I was a little concerned about, there was one time, and I didn't notice it before, uh, my wife had just gotten home from being doing my, bike main, so we were chatting during the game, but uh, so I didn't see everything. But uh, one of the times they had Chung returning a punt. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what? I, I wonder mean, if that's so, when he got the concussion. He's so valuable. It's like, why would <laughs> you know? do that? And, and that and, yeah. But that's when you see this stuff. Like that, as soon as you have them do anything like that, out of the oh, well, you know, all he's gonna do is fair catch it. No, he's not always gonna fair catch it. Like it, to me, those yeah. are the same I things that's that why happen. they got Pat Patterson and, and well, that uh, Barnier. The I was very surprised that Barner wasn't um, yeah. mm -hmm. wasn't active yeah. yesterday, just specifically for that reason. Yep. 
Yeah, that's what I thought too. But uh, you know, it just shows. I mean, that's just something we've been talking about all year in terms of the the punt returner situation. I mean, you know, and you even have one punt return situation where they didn't even put anybody back; you just let them kick it. Um, so, you know, Chung was the only guy. I mean, and I, you know, Patterson. I mean, he has like one career punt return. They did throw him out there at the end when it was you know a long one, looking for you know maybe some kind of spark. But um, you know, that's I would love to see Barner out there. Um, this week, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, they have no other option now. With if Chung gets hurt, I mean, it's it's just it's something they didn't really address. They just kind of rolled with Riley McCarron, and obviously, you're going to get Edelman back in a couple weeks, so that that will change a little bit. But I mean, for these next two games, they're going to have to figure something out in terms of the punt returner uh, because it's just it's it's something that is really they just haven't really invested in. They haven't really paid attention to it. They they almost got bitten. They asked for it last time with with last week with. Uh, you know, rolling Riley McCarron out there, so uh, it, that is one spot where I feel like they, they got to figure something out, uh, and, it, and they can't let Edelman come back and just throw him out there and, and no. him to do every one too. It, that's that's scary in itself. I was going to say, I, I really would just as soon not see Edelman. I know he's good at it, but well, we need him so much as a receiver. Use somebody else. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, that that's a big question mark, and I mean, you know, I, I think it always goes back to that team-building process doesn't stop when the season starts. So, I mean, there's very well a, a guy or two out there in the league on another roster right now who is going to be an impactful player for the Patriots, you know, in December. It's impossible to throw names out, and, you know, it's going to be some random guy like Akeem Ayers or, you know, yeah. any of those handful, Akeem Hicks, you know, the handful of guys that came in midseason and, 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 you know, contributed. So uh, you got to be on the lookout for those, especially if we see another uh, flat effort like we saw yesterday. I said I, I thought you always question anybody's ability to draft people, but Bill is the absolute best at picking up guys that other teams are willing to let go uh, right about now, you know, between the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and make, like you say, a significant uh, difference later on in the season. I mean, he's amazing at that. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I mean you'd love to see it happen at the wide receiver position. That seems yeah. like a hard one. Um, I mean, I'd love to see it at the linebacker position, but uh, you know, you're just you're continuing to see teams attack the Patriots kind of in the same way, and you know, the, the secondary is kind of starting to get old, and that's a little bit scary. Uh, but they're going to have to figure something out because I would say, given how the Patriots have lost or at least had the ball moved on them consistently over the last year, it's, it's a recurring theme, and they got to figure a way, figure out a way to stop it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Brian Flores' uh, uh, explanations are shorter, so everyone's going to get better, right? That's what I kept hearing. That's all I. That's all I kept hearing. You know, he was he was he was he was he simplifying it, it for everyone. Explains it better. Yeah, that's what I hear. I mean, for for everybody laughing and tap dancing on Matt Patricia's grave last week, it was it was a little bit of eating crow this week because you realize that bad defense is bad defense, and you know that's just it happens. Uh, I and mean, a lot of the general philosophies are kind of the same. But, I mean, I think really what it boils down to is you had an early season game against a good team in a tough environment, and your guys got outplayed. They didn't make plays, and when that happens, <coughs> you're going to get run out, run out of the building. And, and they almost did, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just classic Patriots where uh, they got, I always say, they got dominated, but they didn't really get blown out. You know, it's like 11-point loss. Oh, that doesn't look so bad, but... You know, you go back to, like, a, the Steelers' loss in 2011 where I think that was an eight-point loss. But, like, man, it felt like a 40-point loss. It was it was a similar kind of thing. So, you know, I think they still have the foundation there, uh, and they're going to be there at the end. They just, they're going to have to figure some things out and, and probably grab some new guys here and there when they can. 
By the way, looking at the Jaguars schedule, I said earlier today I would bet my life that the Jaguars lost this week. Um, I don't really oh, want to go on record with that because they're taking on the Titans, and I don't know if Marcus Mariota can feel his hands yet. Um, <laughs> no, I, I wrote the same thing this morning. I said it's a lock for a letdown this week against the, yeah. Titans, against the Titans. I just assumed that would be the case. I'm like, oh, yeah, Marcus Mariota can't feel his fingers, and I think the Titans kind of pulled the pulled the mad, pulled the the rabbit out of their hat against the Texans this week. So. Yeah. That was it. so. When I, I look at this team, I look at the Jaguars. They're just looking ahead. They got the Titans and Jets here in the next two weeks. Then they have to go on the road back to back weeks at Kansas City and at Dallas. That's going to be a tough road to hoe. Then they're home. They're home for the Texans. They're home for the Eagles. Then they're at the Colts. They host the Steelers. By the way, Steelers in Kansas City's defense, boy, they look really good right now. They look really, really sharp. Those two defenses, you want to look around. I, I mean, if Jacksonville just plays half-ass the rest of the year and plays decent defense, they're going to have better defense than everybody else in the league right, right. now, just based off of what I saw in Week 2. Nobody could stop anybody yesterday. Yeah, it's, it's September football at its best. It, you know, it's just That's why we wait all year, and then it happens. And you, it's primed to be overreactive to, and, you know, it's just stay the course, stick with what, what has worked, and, uh, you know, get progressively better, expand the, the play calling, expand what you're doing, play to your strengths. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing how much better the Patriots start to play as, as they get more practices, more tackling, more experience under their belt, and, and they're the best team in the league at that. And, you know, I don't see why this year should be any different, no matter how concerning some of the personnel spots look. Is that part of the, the whole thing with the changes after the last CBA to some of the offseason stuff? Like, are we kind of looking at a point right now? We all talk about the preseason and the post, you know, the preseason or whatever. Like, are we kind of looking at week six week six of the preseason right now with some of these teams? I mean, it, it, that's what it feels like a lot of times. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, I mean, I think, you know, Belichick said that explicitly, that, you know, that September's that really an extension of the preseason. You're trying to figure out what you have. and. You know, then about six games in, then you know you start the game plan towards your strengths, try to hide your weaknesses. And, you know, at this point, you're, you're still getting guys into football shape. And, I mean, nothing puts that to the test, like playing in, you know, a million degrees in Florida. Uh, that, I mean, talk about stressing everything that, that, that the CBA makes difficult in terms of, you know, conditioning and hitting and all that. So, um, you know, not a huge surprise that, that it came out that way. Um, I, I don't think I would have ruled that outcome out. I just expected the Patriots to play a little bit better and execute, especially on, on defense, better than they did. We are talking with Mike Dusso from Pats Propaganda. So speaking of the, the Lions, as we as we did speak of them, uh, they took on Jimmy G and the Niners yesterday, or as I like to call them, Patriots West, whatever you want to whatever you want to call them, I guess, or, or Bizarro Patriots or Alternate Patriots Future, I guess you could you could call that. Uh, San Francisco held on 30-27. to 27. Detroit seemed to find their offense yesterday. This, I, I don't think this is a cakewalk going into Detroit uh, for Sunday Night Football for the Pats. No, and I think Matt Patricia kind of understands what the Patriots hate, and the Patriots hate when you do to them what they do to everybody else, and that's just, you know, take what's there. Um, don't try to force things, and, you know, that's what the Jaguars did a great job of yesterday, taking those underneath passes, and, uh, you know, I think we'll see the same out of, out of Patricia's attack at least. Uh, offensively to try to really target those linebackers. I mean, nobody knows the strengths and weaknesses of that defense better than Patricia. So I think he'll know where he wants to try to, to attack. And I think that, you know, the Patriots are going to have to counter by trying to hide some of those weaknesses. Um, you know, but at the same time, I think really just for the Patriots, if they come in and they play a better fundamental game and, you know, everybody does their proverbial job, uh, I, I think they'll be okay. I mean, I think they're a lot better. They're going to play mad. Um, and I expect, you know, they're going to give the Lions all that they can handle. 
His name is Mike Dusso. He joins us each and every Monday from Pat's Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Pat's Propaganda. He'll have breakdowns of everything that he saw this week, all week long, and then look ahead to Sunday Night Football as Matt Patricia and the Lions battle Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots on NBC again this Sunday night. Mike, always good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. That's Mike Dusso from Pat's Propaganda and patspropaganda.com here on the Beelist Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR radio network on your home for 105 Sports starting October 1st.